everyone. Siobhan Chapman here and welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. It's Friday morning, which means it's time for the weekend review and preview conversation, where my guests will recap how markets have performed over the past few sessions and preview what you can expect in the week ahead. Today's conversation will primarily focus on the March CPI data and a recent CIO publication release. Joining us for the conversation, I'm glad to welcome Senior Economist America's Brian Rose. Brian, welcome. We're happy to have you. Thank you, Bob. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Brian. So let's get started. This week, investors were met with the latest inflation prints, most notably the March CPI data on Tuesday. What are your reflections and outlook for inflation from here? Well, the headline CPI inflation rate was uh, 5%, so that's 5% year over year inflation, and that's down from 9% at the peak last June. And so, you know, clearly we're we're down a lot from uh, from that peak. And if you look at the month-on-month changes, the headline CPI was up only a tenth in March, and that was a bit less than the market expected. And that was helped by lower food and energy prices. If you exclude those, the core CPI was up four tenths, which is you know, still pretty high for for just one month. And the situation is really mixed on inflation. So on the good side, some of the very overheated prices that we saw at the peak of the pandemic have come back down, and that leaves less room for them to fall further. And also, just over the last couple of months, consumer spending on goods has picked up a bit. So it seems like the period of maximum deflationary pressure on goods is over, Uh, but it's the opposite situation on, on the services side. So there we saw shelter inflation slowing. And we've been expecting this for a long time, given other data showing that rents on new leases was peaked out, uh, you know, something like 18 months ago. Uh, but the CPI lags uh, by around 12 months. And you know, finally, it looks like uh, the the reality, which is that your rent inflation is slowing, that reality is starting to be reflected in the CPI, and it should slow further uh, over the course uh, of the year. Uh, on the other hand, for, for services, you still have strong demand for things like leisure travel. We saw higher prices for you know, airfares, hotel stays, and uh, as I said, very mixed picture. But overall, we expect inflation to remain on a slowing trend in the months ahead. So, Brian, with that trend in mind that you're speaking about, how might that influence the Fed's monetary policy course from here? So, of course, the Fed is very focused on inflation. And the next FOMC meeting is on May 3rd. Uh, we expect them to hike because inflation is still just too high. And also, the labor market is, you know, still looks uh, tight. Even if things are going in the right direction, uh, in, you know, including on inflation, and you know, it's not enough for the Fed to to go on uh, hold. We think also the banking system stress, which you know, could have been a reason for the Fed to stop hiking that that you know has improved since the last FOMC uh, meeting. And I think there. You know, the real question, assuming they do hike, is what guidance are they going to give? You know, are they are they going to give us some hint that okay, maybe maybe if they hike in May, this is the last hike, and they they could be looking at a pause depending on how the data comes in. So this will really be the interesting thing to look at uh, from here. Is you know what what is the Fed's guidance? Are they done raising rates, or 
you know, is there still more to come? Moving outside of inflation data, what were some other notable prints from this week? So one very interesting piece of data was the NFIB survey of small businesses. And, uh, you know, what, what the concern is that there's going to be a credit crunch following the, the bank failures. So it's, you know, small businesses are the, the part, uh, you know, that, that is most vulnerable to this kind of, uh, you know, fallout from, from the bank failures. And the data does show some deterioration, but nothing too dramatic, at least so far. And the survey also shows the percentage of businesses raising prices and wages, uh, you know, slipping a bit, and also job openings at the small businesses coming down a bit, uh, expected sales, the, the outlook for that was also uh, lower and, you know, quite uh, quite pessimistic. So, you know, overall, that, that uh, NFIB survey is showing, uh, you know, a bit, uh, a bit of weakness. And, uh, you know, again, less inflationary pressure. Uh, I should also mention we had, we did have other inflation data out this week, including the producer price index, uh, in, which surprised to the downside. And I think verifies that there's just a lot less inflationary pressure on at the producer level. And, you know, over time, this helps to bring down inflation at, at the retail level. And then the, just uh, this morning, we had retail sales for March, which were quite weak, uh, down 1% month on month. Um, but uh, very difficult to say if, if this is a, a true concern or not. So, uh, you know, second month in a row of negative uh, retail sales, but we're coming off of a very high level in uh, in January. Uh, so a bit difficult to, to to think about, you know, what, what the actual underlying trend is. Consumer spending may be cooling off, but I don't think it's really uh, that weak because of the strength of the labor market that provides a very solid uh, foundation. And then in just a couple of minutes, we'll have industrial reduction for March. So that, that will be interesting to look at, too. So I want to speak about a recent contribution that you made to a CIO publication, which explores the prospects for whether we will continue to live in a U.S. dollar-centric world. What are your takeaways from that? Right. So the, the bottom line here is, you know, we've been getting a ton of questions about the dollar's status as the global reserve currency, um, but there's really no alternative. And, you know, that that's the bottom line. Uh, at, the, at the same time, though, I think uh, the world will continue to diversify away from the dollar, both in terms of reserves and the currencies that are used for uh, global trade. Um, but keep in mind, none of this is new. You know, it's been trending this way for decades. And just to give one example that I'm familiar with, back in the 1990s, Japan switched from reporting its trade data in dollars to reporting it in yen and you know, saying they wanted m- to conduct more of their trade in their own currency. And, uh, you know, regarding uh, oil prices in currencies other than dollars, and all of this is, you know, a lot of these, these are trends that have been going on uh, for decades. Uh, I would note, though, that we are quite bearish on the outlook for the dollar in, in the short run. Uh, we see it as fundamentally overvalued. And, you know, as we're talking about, as soon as the Fed stops hiking rates, markets are going to focus on the timing of the first rate cut 
and that's likely to undermine uh, the dollar and at the same time also help gold, so in which we expect you know, prices to, to rise further. Thank you so much, Brian. I look forward to hearing more about that. So moving to next week, what will be taking place that investors should be mindful of? Of course, uh, earnings season is underway. So this is, I think, going to be the big focus. The other thing that I'm waiting for is the Fed's beige book. So this is a summary of all the information the Fed is collecting from its business contacts across uh, the country, especially, you know, what are they saying about inflation, about the labor market, and also about credit availability, this is going to be very interesting to watch. And in my view, the market never pays attention to the base book, but it should. And the information that's in there, I think, will have a heavy influence on, on the Fed's decision at the next FOMC meeting. Thank you so much for joining us, Brian. You covered a vast array of material today, and you prepared our listeners for a busy week ahead. Thank you. Of course. So today we have been joined by Senior Economist America's Brian Rose for the Top of the Morning Conversation. And as a reminder to our listeners, Top of the Morning is a part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Siobhan Chapman, and thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.